0: Micro Monday again, the weekly microcast where we get to know members of the Microdot Blog community. I'm Jean McDonald, the community manager at micro.blog. Blog, and this will be another special episode of Let's ask Manton some questions <laughs> and get some answers about what's been happening on the platform lately in terms of uh, activities and and software enhancements, etc. So, welcome back to Micro Monday, Manton.
1: Thank you. It's great to be back on the podcast. I think it was last year, like December, I think, when we last talked. So, this is good,
0: you know, like yep. quarterly check-in. Yes, time does fly. Uh, and one reason it's been flying by fast is that a lot we've been doing a lot of stuff on Micro.blog um, in the last three months, and uh, we wanted to review some of the highlights today. So uh, let's see, what should we start with?
1: Well, the first thing I was thinking about was the photo challenge. Mm -hmm. It's not a feature exactly. There are a bunch of features that we can talk about. Mm -hmm. But for some reason that popped into my head, the 30 day photo challenge, just because a lot of people in the community participated in it. Mm -hmm. And, And it did involve actually some like code changes to get the the pin the new pin yes <laughs> for people that earned the the 30-day photo challenge and uh so yeah that was that was a really fun month and i didn't finish it i almost did but i missed a, <laughs> i missed a day and i'll have to try again yeah
0: sometime. yeah well i'm sure we'll have another photo challenge another 30-day photo challenge you know sometime uh because it was great fun and um it's It does kind of blow my mind to think like, yeah, that was February. I mean, we we had it run all the way actually to March 1st, so that there would be 30 days total in the challenge. And I can't imagine running a photo challenge in March of this year, because <laughs> the get, wow. getting out and about and taking photos, I mean, it would be... And we don't want to ask anyone to no. <laughs>
1: leave their house <laughs> more than necessary. <laughs> But yeah, it does. It feels like a long time ago. I was thinking that you, during that photo challenge was when you were in Austin for Indie IndieWebCamp. Yes. And I worked on a bunch of micro.blog stuff at Indie IndieWebCamp, too. And I remember, you know, we were taking photos around Austin. Yeah. And it feels like a really long time ago now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We did not know. Yes, we were running a conference and it wasn't that long ago.
1: Yeah. It was right before, uh, like, you know, a couple of weeks later. That no, not that's happen. definitely
0: true. And speaking of challenges uh, and challenging circumstances that we are um, all operating under now, we did uh, add some things to MicroDot Blog that um, are related to, to those circumstances. Uh, maybe you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, we basically gave all the accounts free podcasting through the end of April.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So we were thinking that, you know, a lot of people now find themselves working at home and having just like a different work setup or more time potentially Mm -hmm. to work on projects or hobbies or other things uh, while they're staying at home. And so what better time than, you know, than that to create a podcast and also people are going through new things they've never gone before. Through before, so right. better time to share, you know, and you know, an audio form. What what's been going on? And so, yeah. So, any account you have a micro blog. Normally, it's um, uh, normally it's five dollars for like, blog hosting and ten dollars to add audio and video hosting. So, but anyone even at the just the basic blog level now will have podcasting, and you can start experimenting with it. And you know, we're recording this. In April, so anytime this month. And then at the end of April, if you want to keep podcasting, that's great. And if you don't, uh, your podcast will stay. We'll still host them. You don't need to upgrade. We'll keep all those podcasts on your on your blog. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what people do. I think yeah. it'll be just an opportunity to try something.
0: Yeah, I think with the people um, not being able to spend time with their friends and their family too. You know, you might want to just make a, a microcast like, you know, message message from our house to your house. <laughs> Here's yep. what's happening. Um I know I, I appreciate getting like little uh little texts during the day from my family members when, you know, something cute or interesting is happening, but uh it would be you know, I wouldn't mind at all hearing uh, like, hey, you know, it's dinner time, and we thought we'd just tell you, you know, how our day went.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And then we also um, decided to try to support our teachers and educators to um, who have – their jobs have completely changed <laughs> overnight.
1: Yeah, and, you know, everybody is trying to figure out what tools to use, and there's some – I mean – you know, like Zoom has been in the news uh, in good and bad ways. Like just t- so many people using it, but also some people concerned with the security aspects of it. And so everyone's trying to figure out how to do this. And so podcasting, I think, could play a role in there. Like maybe there's something in a lesson that would be just best as audio and distributed mm-hmm. to students that way. So why not try mm-hmm. a podcast for that? So, yeah, so we're giving all teachers – uh, six months of hosting for free on Blog, And that's if you want a blog to use just for anything really, but it could be, you know, like st- class notes. It could be assignments. It could be just your personal blog. And you can also have podcasting as part of that for six months. So mm-hmm. yeah, again, can't wait to see what people come up with. I, I, I don't know how everybody could use podcasting for, as part of, you know, education, but I just know there's something there that, that there's so many different types of classes, so many different schools. There's bound to be yeah. some really good uses for audio.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, um, I'll be very interested to see what uh, what people do with that as well. But yeah, to wrap up, for those who don't know what Indie Web Camp is, maybe you could s- explain a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So the Indie Web is kind of a Organization Not really formal. It's really just a bunch of people that believe in, you know, having your own website, having your own blog, posting to your own domain name. Many, many of the things that we believe in with Microdotbox. So this is the third time we've run a IndieWebCamp in Austin. And they have them, you know, all over the world uh, throughout the year. And it's a time to just kind of get together, have a few... Talks um, have a few you know, sessions from people that are at the conference, like what what they want to talk about. If they if something simple, like just I want to improve my website a little bit, or something more advanced with a with something programming related. There's a whole range of topics, and it's a two day conference. And first day sessions and talks, and the next day kind of a time to work on your own projects. So again, it could be just like, I want to make the background color on my website a different color Something, something small, or it could be <laughs> something bigger. And I usually use that second day as an opportunity to work on Blog because being around other people that are passionate about this stuff, especially other people that have written apps or have a blog that is different than my blog in some way, that somehow, some way I can be inspired, I usually use that time to build something new for Blog, So I find it just a really great weekend catching up with people and Mm -hmm. working on projects.
0: Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about the project you worked on this year? So I
1: think the big thing I worked on, it was, I should have reviewed exactly what I shipped. but (laughs) It was related to replies and there, there have been a couple reply related features that we've rolled out that actually really, really big features in micro blog because they kind of filled in, a piece that always been missing a little bit of micro.blog, blog, which is that when you reply to other people in micro blog, those replies were stored separately from your blog. And that was done on purpose because a lot of people just don't want replies on their blog. They want the blog to be blog posts, whether that's full mm-hmm. posts like essays, longer posts, photos, short micro blog posts, whatever, just regular blog posts that you write and then replies and then interactions with other people a lot of people just kind of feel like that should be kind of off to the side. And so we haven't had that. And as part of the Indie Webcamp, I worked on part of this feature, which there's really two parts. One, you can now have replies hosted at your own domain name. And so that that's a big thing. You can enable it and then you get a replies page on your blog, on micro.blog, and it has all the replies to people that, you know, if I see a post in the timeline that I like and I reply to it, or have some comments that will show up on my blog, also in a special section. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of that is something that uh, it has like a, it's like a feature you can enable, just like with a checkbox, and then also has like a kind of a programmer type like angle to it, and that's showing conversations on your blog posts on your blog. So if I post to my blog and a couple people reply. In Microdot Blog, now when you go to my blog and you click on that blog post, you see those replies, and so very similar to kind of traditional blog comments, but it's all powered mm-hmm. by Microdot Blog, so it kind of it's kind of protected a little bit from like the you used to have to worry about spam and just random comments, and with this, it goes through Microdot Blog and is just part of the community there, um, mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. connected to your blog too. So that was really fun, and then as part of that, there's like a little JavaScript that you can use and you can customize. And, uh, so yeah, that's all reply related things. I, I've been thinking about that for a while and this, this year was an opportunity to actually sit down and code it up and get it done.
0: <laughs> well, that's really cool. Um, and, uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing more blogs who want to have replies. Cause you know, again, it's not required and, um, to see what they what they do with it and how they do it and uh and maybe I'll add them to my own but
1: yeah it's <laughs> I don't optional know. you know you don't have to by default it's still off but i think it does open yeah. up a lot of possibilities including like there's external like comment services like discuss that other people Mm -hmm. use, or things like Facebook comments, even where you could add, Mm -hmm. you kind of like hook like another product into your kind of comment section on your site. And those have lots of potential problems in terms of just if you trust that company to like hand over control of your comments to, or there's ads because it's a free service. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's a way that we can keep kind of expanding this feature to fill that need for people who do want kind of comments on their blog. Uh, but we can do it, I think, in a nice elegant way that is again, powered by Blog, kind of powered by the indie web and the way just independent blogs can link to each other and think about comments. And uh, so I, I think there's a lot of potential there.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. Now another um, area that I thought was really uh, exciting that got some improvements was the category um the uh the you know the whole category infrastructure okay. on micro. Blog. yep um tell us about that
1: yeah so there there's been categories for a while where you can file a post into a category and then on your blog you know you can click on that category and you can see all the posts so maybe i have a category about like books that i read or something like that and i can have a books category and i put my posts in there. And by default we kind of hide some of that because the whole point of MicroDog blog is to just be able to like quickly type something and post it without having to worry about checkboxes and titles and you know lots of different options. <laughs> so but if you want to mm-hmm. you can show the categories and you can select some when you post to your blog or you can go back later and edit posts and add categories, multiple categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have this filters feature that's been there for a little while where you can automatically assign categories. So if a, cat- if a blog post title mentions something or the post text mentions something, you can just like automatically mm-hmm. assign a category. I-, yeah. I actually use that for the photo challenge, I think. I- I've used it for a couple things where mm-hmm. if I know a certain mm-hmm. like keyword or phrase is going to be in all the posts then I just mm-hmm. can set it to automatically assign a category. So like if, if everybody has their photo challenge and says like photo challenge day three, you know, you Ball can notice that and automatically put it in a category mm-hmm. for you, but that's not actually the new feature. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not new, that's
0: the- but I, I have to say that that's, uh, that helped me um, go back through my, you know, archive of posts and create, um, for example, a guinea pig mm-hmm. post. Uh, I mean, a guinea pig category, um, which was really needed. Um, and something else that I did was a, a travel mm-hmm. uh, thing and, you know, basically used the the filtering to find posts that had certain location words in them or whatever, and then, you know, add them to the category. So that was, you know, back dating or whatever. Mm-hmm my posts from the past so that they uh, had the categories uh, attached to them. Yeah. And that that was really, you know, that was a big deal for me because it, re- it wasn't that hard.
1: Yeah, it's it's really powerful, but it's surprisingly easy to just go in and like click around. I mean, in just like a few minutes, really, you could set up uh, mm-hmm. a bunch of, you know, old posts to be categorized based on this kind of, uh, you know, criteria. And so I, yeah, I I like that feature. I I don't use it that much myself. I use it for a few things, like I Mm -hmm. mentioned. Um, like for another thing is like, uh, just any photo post, you know, going into a photos category, Mm -hmm. things like it's good at stuff like that. Um, and, uh, I, it's a little bit hidden. You have to know where to look for it, (laughs) but I think uh, it's a fun, it's a fun feature. And, and yeah, like so this year we, we, we built more things onto categories because they, it's just a nice flexible way to do certain things. So the, the two things that really I'm thinking of are uh, for, for one, the categories, the feeds, every category has its own RSS feed. And Mm -hmm. until this year, they weren't very good. Like they were more of like a summary or truncated version of your post instead of the full post. Mm -hmm. And so that really limited what you could do. With them, and so now they're the full posts that are identical to the normal feed, and that allows you to do a couple things like one, you can connect that to like cross posting to other services. So, if you have all your posts split out into different categories, you maybe have one category and that gets sent off to Twitter automatically, but nothing else does. You can do stuff like that with it now. And then Mm -hmm. the other big one that people have been asking for, and I I feel like we might have talked about this on a show, like kind of anticipating it last year, but like some people want to use micro.blog and have their blog hosted on micro.blog, but they don't really want all of their posts to show up in the timeline because some things they just want to put on their blog and they don't want to really overthink it or get any replies to it. Like they they just Mm -hmm. don't want it to really be part of Uh, the discussion and that Mm -hmm. that was surprised me a little bit because to me, I just blog as if I'm going to, as if no one's listening. I don't, you know, I just (laughs) post what I'm going to post. And if people want to reply, they can, no big deal. But for a lot of people, they really just, they don't really want to invite replies on everything that they post. And so uh, with the category support, improving that, what it allows you to do is basically disconnect your blog from micro.blog in terms of all the posts showing up in the timeline. And instead you Mm -hmm. create a category called like timeline or micro.blog posts or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then when you want your posts to go into the micro.blog community and people can see it and it'll, you know, show up in the discover section and anyone following, you know, that whole part of micro.blog, then you just Assign your post to that category, and then you have control over mm-hmm. what's showing up in the timeline and the community, and what is just appearing on like your own domain name. And um, so it just allows more flexibility. And of course, if someone wants to see all your posts, you know they can always subscribe mm-hmm. to your blog and a another feed reader.
0: What I like is how you know we keep um, finding ways to accommodate people who want something different from just the default micro.blog. blog you know, service and appearance and uh, behavior and still do it without uh, making things super complicated for everybody else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's really important. And like, I don't want to add, when you post, I don't want like lots of checkboxes and like, do you want this in the timeline? Mm Do you want it here? You know, and like, we really, really try to avoid that. And the nice thing about using categories for things like this is it's an existing feature, it's not like a new mm-hmm. user interface that's gonna clutter things up. So by default, you can totally ignore it. And also once you know how it works, you can use it for a lot of these different things without like relearning, mm-hmm. like learning something new. So I, I I think whenever we can find a way to build a feature on something that's already there, I think that is really nice. <laughs> and that's not always possible, <laughs> but it's uh it's handy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. Um, anything else we should talk about? Um, I guess there was new, uh, new releases of the apps as well.
1: Yep. Just recently new releases of the iOS app, the Mac app, actually our new sunlit or sunlit app for photos also was updated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing with the iOS app was you can edit posts in the app now. So you could always edit blog posts on the web, but it's kinda clunky to like log into micro.blog in, in Safari on iOS. I think I don't think it's as nice an mm-hmm. experience as using the the native app. So now in the native app there's a post section. You can click in that and edit a post real quickly. It's it doesn't do everything, but it's designed for like quick typo fixes. You know, you you just posted something mm-hmm. to your micro blog and you realize you misspelled something or mentioned the wrong person or something like that. Those kind of quick changes, uh, it's really easy to do in the app now, and um, and then the Mac app, the Mac app and the iOS app as part of that. were updated with to use the system font, and mm-hmm. we had a custom font that we've used for since the very beginning. And I've gotten like kind of mixed feedback about it. Some people love it. Some people wish it was the system font. And since there's no setting. I've really been thinking lately that we just need to we don't this is not an area that we need to like innovate in with like new fonts like I think we should just the, <laughs> like we can focus on making blogging better and Apple can focus on picking a good font for people <laughs> to use. And so uh, that was another change that that rolled out that uh yeah so far so good. I I you know some people maybe like it some people don't. Maybe we'll add some options later, but so far I I'm enjoying kind of the back to basics font
0: yeah no i definitely think again like be less complicated not more complicated as uh where where it's a you know where it's not important as you say like we are not trying to be the font innovators
1: (laughs) right and it and simplifying it will help in the future too because there's the app has a couple issues with like the font sizes not being consistent everywhere and a, a lot of that was because the beginning it was like this custom font and it's like just much more difficult mm-hmm. to do that kind of stuff when you're having mm-hmm. custom UI like that. And so I think by switching to the system font now that a lot of that stuff will be easier. And so like, as we continue to improve the apps, we can expect that they will just fit better into iOS. And, you know, if you change your font settings, you know, it changes everywhere and more consistently. So yeah. I think it'll in the long run, it'll be a big help.
0: Yeah. Well, cool, Manton. I'm really uh, glad we had a chance to uh, sort of catch up ourselves. And, you know, we're constantly working on new things and uh, making things better. But, you know, we can kind of forget, like, oh, this, you know, this is a big change, or this is something that people, maybe they missed that we, um, you know, have added or have changed. And so I think it's always a good idea to catch up, um, you know, on a regular basis and about quarterly. (laughs) Seems (laughs) right. So thanks. Thanks for taking the time to do this.
1: That was great talking to you. Thanks. uh, Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, listeners, if you want to follow Manton on micro.blog, there'll be a link in the show notes. (laughs) And you can go to Blog slash manton as well. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.